0: Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is Ametz. I'm here with B-Pimp. B-Pimp, how's it going? Going great. We're on 114, I think. Which is 114. 114 is I don't know. Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco? How about this? Big Smooth Sam Perkins. Oh, even better. Yeah. Sorry, Paulie. It's (laughs) Sam Perkins. I don't. Well. Okay, I love Sam Perkins. I'm not sure he's a relatively better basketball player than Paul Konerko was a baseball player. Mm, But I bet he's a much better basketball player than Paul Konerko is a basketball player. Hey, you're not going to get an argument from me on that one. I bet that is definitely true. Uh, Sam Perkins was six foot nine. I don't know how tall Paul Konerko is, but not that tall. I know Paul Kanu was notoriously slow of foot, which is not always the best thing if you, unless you're like Kyle Anderson in the NBA, yeah, or Sam Perkins, <laughs> or Sam Perkins, to be yeah. fair, yes. Uh, all right, for this episode, we are continuing the uh, the five part series. This is part two of that, where we cover the best of the aughts, the OOS, the uh, the decade that was the decade before the last decade. Um, where we are talking about, if you didn't catch the last episode, we talked about our top five action movies. For this episode, we're going to talk about our top five comedies, which, oh my God, what a decade for comedies. It was chock full of comedies. It was so hard to put together this list. Um, I, I found it was very hard for two reasons. One, there was just a ton of comedies. Like I was just looking through... Your your comedy stars of the decade, like Will Ferrell and like Seth Rogen, were both in what appeared to be a dozen movies each. So it was hard for the and, and tons of other great comedies, uh, like whether mainstream or not. So it was hard for that reason. It was also hard, be, at least for me, there wasn't an obvious number one. I well i won't even say mine's obvious i do have a personal favorite that i ended up putting number one but i guess it's i did have it still had a battle in my head between two so yeah it was tough there's so many good ones so many good ones so we'll get to that in a second first we i don't do you want to drink a whiskey first or do you want to play let's get personal first i don't remember what we usually do what do we feel like today <laughs> i don't remember what we usually do either Uh, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do my whiskey first so that I'm nice and and limber for the... uh, (laughs) Yeah, you got to listen up first. All right. So what whiskey beef hemp are you drinking for this episode? So uh, previously, we have had this distillery's Prairie Road special bourbon. I got the the basic straight bourbon whiskey from J. Henry & Sons, Madison, Wisconsin's own. Ooh. And this one has a little sticker on it that says they won the uh, or in the 2019 Ultimate Spirits Challenge. They got a 93. I don't know what that's out of, but it's a 93. What if it's out that's of 500? Like then, then it's weird that they're bragging about it, but yeah. they still put it on there. <laughs> it's aged five years. It's a small batch. It says it's batch 60, B- bottle number 3972. I love when they just write on there with a nice little pen, so you can tell that it's a nice touch. 46% alcohol by volume so 92 proof. It's a I've been there and tasted this at the distillery. It's a lovely lovely little distillery which I will go to anytime I'm in Madison. So I'm a big fan of their work, but we've never had it on the podcast. So and I haven't had it in a long time even though there's some out of this. My sister got this for me as a gift and mm-hmm. her and my dad had a little burn. Oh, nip. Yeah, so I I was concerned for a minute because I was going to say, not that this would decide whether it's smooth or gets the boot, but I was like, they're selling a half a bottle of whiskey. I don't know if you're aware of this. They should have filled it up all the way. You've noticed that sometimes I tend to get half filled (laughs) bottles. Yeah. I was like, what are they doing out there in the Midwest? They can't fill out the the full bottle of whiskey. I got a problem. Um, Also, I'm drinking it on the rocks because it's like 92 degrees in Chicago today. Yikes. Already getting that hot. Yeah, it's a hot one. So in full disclosure, I have positive memories of this uh, bourbon, but I'm giving it the full treatment as a, you know, I'm going to try to make it like a new experience for myself here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's been long enough, I think it's easy to kind of forget what something tastes like. Yeah. Especially with the amount of whiskeys that we drink. Exactly. The smell what is the... bringing back good memories here. Anything notable about the smell? It's just very even and pleasant and consistent. Like, sometimes I, I notice with certain whiskeys, I'll get, like, if you smell it a certain way, you get different things. But this one is just, like, a good, a good sweet, appetizing smell for a bourbon. Taking a sip here. And, again, what, one of the things I like about them, he's actually making whiskey. He started making whiskey because they... um. It's a full farm and they've got a ton of corn and like all the material to make whiskey that they're always moving and growing and selling and transporting. And he's like, hey, I have a lot of the material, so I'm just going to start making bottling whiskey. And then it became so popular that they just started selling it. Um, I found this at Benny's, but usually I thought when I had the previous bottle that we reviewed from the other bourbon, I had to get it there and I never saw it anywhere else. So I guess they're mm-hmm. starting to expand a little bit. Well, good for them second taste yeah it's just a really really great um I don't need to build any more suspense I mean it's going on the smooth train it's delicious huzzah good to hear. but the thing the, one of the, the character for people that might be interested in checking them out I mean the bottle of this one was around $60 and this is their this is their most what you would consider just like a flagship for them okay. it's just like their straight bourbon but it's as far as bourbons go it is very right down the middle like excellent for me in my opinion of like how bourbons taste where it's not crazy or wild there's nothing really that groundbreaking but it's just supremely good easy to drink i think it it would be important for our listeners to know too as you're going for the third taste like you know 60 dollars isn't nothing but I think it's important to know that is it $60 for a full bottle or the half bottle that you got? They actually charge you a little bit more for the half <laughs> bottle because that means somebody tasted it and they were like, ah. this one's good to go. <laughs> you can buy it. Okay. Good to know. Nope. Yep. Um, 60, 60 for the full bottle. What? Maybe 80 for the half bottle. Yeah, exactly. I pay a little um, premium there. Yeah. So on the smooth train, i um, glad that we've got another one from that. I think I feel like Wisconsin whiskeys are doing okay. Wisconsin's got a solid whiskey game. Of yeah, what I've I'm, I'm glad sampled. Yeah, I wonder. I, I feel like at least out of the Midwest, we probably have the most out of Wisconsin. Yes, we've had some Indiana, some sneaky Indiana whiskeys too. Yeah, I mean, they might as well be Kentucky because they're like south end of Indiana. Right. But yeah, there- uh, definitely. There's Illinois has got a good, a few, few distillery is my favorite, but I didn't do that on purpose, but there's a few good ones. And there's also one that Benny's just emailed me about. That's like a limited edition that they're selling from an Illinois, um, Illinois's first estate distillery. So I'm going to go try to get that if it's still there. Oh, So that'll okay. be a little exclusive for us. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, stay tuned for a future episode with that. Yep. Um, all right. We got to get into... Uh, a little game that we play called Let's Get Personal. Let's Get Personal. 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 We've been playing it pretty much throughout the life of this podcast. And we are on, we are starting our eighth round of this game. Uh, And it's been a tight competition, but before we get into it too far, uh, BPM, do you want to explain to the folks at home exactly what this game is? This is a game where we take turns quizzing each other by naming people. Usually we put are listed to a category of some type and you name the person the other person has to say yes or no do they have a personal life section in their wikipedia page that's it it's very simple is it labeled personal life do they have it if it's there it's yes if it's not it's no yeah and you know it can be tricky sometimes you have a celebrity that is really well known and they might not even have a personal life section because uh they have a bunch of other sections that are kind of like similar an idea but not personal life right um, or they're very secretive very secretive and you really yeah you never know there um so i mentioned that we're going into our eighth round we always do uh five people per round to guess uh so for the folks keeping score at home if you didn't already know um we have each gone through 35 people that's seven rounds seven times five for all the mathematicians out there I have guessed correctly on 21 out of the 35 people. And B Pimp, you've guessed correctly on 19 out of the 35. So you're two down, but certainly within striking distance. Yeah. And now I'll be giving you five more names. So this is your opportunity. Uh, I, gotta make a, I had a good round last time. So I got to keep that momentum going. Yeah. The round last time, I was giving you heroes of the 2005 White Sox World Series team. I'm kind of staying on that theme on the theme of White Sox. And this is why I had asked if you had seen the movie Eight Men Out, which you have not seen. I don't know if that's gonna make it easier or harder. I don't think it'll matter, frankly, but you should see the movie if you haven't. And especially because we're talking about movies, I thought it was fitting, but I'm gonna be naming actors from that movie. And you have to decide if they have a personal life section in the Wikipedia uh, or not. And for the folks at home, if you haven't seen Eight Men Out, go ahead and see it, but it's about the Black Sox scandal so the reason why they didn't win a championship from then until 2005 they were cursed exactly um okay (laughs) they were denver international airport cursed (laughs) yeah exactly they were lizard people uh the the first person uh of this 1988 film john cusack does he have a personal life section in his wikipedia page or not Chicago's own John Cusack, I believe he's from Wheaton, maybe. Sounds he does. Right. He does. He does, correct. Didn't think about it too hard. Good. He's a pretty famous dude. Has a personal life section. Your second person, he wasn't born in Chicago, but he's really known as a Chicago guy. He's definitely been around the Chicago acting scene and plays. Uh, he's also known as the dad from Frasier, uh, but he's in this movie as well. John Mahoney. John Mahoney just passed away unfortunately i believe within the last couple years possibly Mm -hmm. i'm going to say that prompted somebody to add it so yes he does correct he it's not a long personal life section and he is notoriously private um but he has one so you are two for two so you have 21 basically if i if even if you miss the next three and i went over five on the next round we'd be tied all right yeah that's something i can hang my head on yeah. Uh, here's another one. Chicago legend, not an actor, but in this movie, uh, Chicago historian. I, I don't even know what you would call him. Just a Chicago icon. Studs Terkel. Studs Terkel. I just looked him up on Wikipedia because I was. it was about a book he wrote. And I did not take note of whether or not he has a personal. I'm going to say no. Wow. Three for three. Great job. Stud Strickle does not. He has an early life, but you know what early life isn't? Personal life. You got that right. All right. Uh, Back to the future icon, Christopher Lloyd. Ooh, I love Christopher Lloyd. Excellent work as Jim Ignatowski on taxi. I'm going to say he also does have a personal life. He does. You are a four for four. This is the round that you needed. This is the round that you needed to make you competitive. It's because of that whiskey beforehand. I just got limbered up to the right degree. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to the judges to see if we were allowed to do it in that order if it gave you an unfair advantage. I'm not really sure. Performance enhancement. Okay, your, your last one, and this is going to be a tough one. He plays Shoeless Joe Jackson in the movie. And apart from that, I don't know much about this actor. His name is D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney. I've heard of D.B. Sweeney. Why do I know about D.B. Sweeney? is it because he has a personal life section on his wikipedia i'm gonna be honest with you this is a straight up guess and i'm just gonna say he does wow i believe b pimp this is the first time one of us has gone five for five. Oh, Can db I, his personal life section is one sentence it just says he's married and has two kids that is it and you guessed correctly i was hoping i was gonna say like what db stands for and it was something like super insane <laughs> No, I I don't know. I didn't read beyond that. <laughs> i love know it. what DB stands for. Five for five. Great job. It's it's June fifth, and I went five for five. Shoot, I am nervous now for my round next episode. Uh, that puts so that puts you as twenty four for forty. That is respectable. I'm getting there. You know. Yeah, it's taking a while. Uh, that's sixty percent. I love it. I'm yeah. I'm in. I like to compare it to NBA free throw shooting prowess. So I think I'm in. Me, I might be in like Shaq territory with sixty percent. I, I think you're at least at Shaq territory. You're probably getting butting up on like LeBron James. Sometimes has shoddy free throw shooting seasons or playoffs. Uh, so I, I bet you're you're in a good, healthy range for free throw shooting. Okay, like not great, but not. They would never do Hack a Brian. Okay, that's all I need. Yeah. Uh, all right. Great job. You're at twenty-four out of forty. Uh, you're going to be doing the same thing for me next episode. That means I have to get three out of five just to tie and four out of five or five out of five to take the lead. But that, that's a, that's a tall order. I'm, I'm actually quite nervous. Five for five. And I only gave you one person that didn't have a personal life section. I had a good feel. I had a good, uh, I thought about this beforehand because I take this podcast very seriously. And I was like, you know what? I overthink these too much. I'm just going to go with my gut reaction. And it works. That absolutely did work. Okay. Uh, That's a good lesson for me to do the same. Um, All right. We got to get to our top five comedy movies of the aughts of the OOs. And we mentioned at the top of the episode, there's so many good ones that this list is just really hard to do. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. These are our top five comedies of the OOs. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. My number five and this has moved all around my list. It's been off the list. I mean, that's been the case with almost every movie on here, but I finally settled on my top five. So here's my number five, 2009's Zombieland. Oh, Zombieland. This movie, I think, I think the reason it's on my list, even in a decade of fantastic comedies, is I really did not expect it to be this good or this funny, uh, it, but it works so well. Uh, Woody Harrelson's hilarious in it. Jesse Eisenberg's great. Emma Stone is good in it. And it's got a really great, not to spoil it too much. Who cares? It's, I mean, the movie's 12 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, uh, Bill Murray has a, a nice quick cameo in it. It's a great movie. I like that movie. I did, honestly didn't make my list, but I i have nothing bad to say about Zombieland. It's a great pick. All right. What's your number five? My number five is a personal favorite, which is this list is full of like, longtime favorite movies for me, but Pineapple Express. That's a great one. I had a tough time leaving that one off my list. it's really funny. I, I just love it. I love the style and, and the the pacing. It's one of those movies where I, I could watch the first half and like leave the rest of it because it kind of gets weird in the latter half, but I still, the first half is so funny to me that I don't care about that. So it's still my number five. I could totally, like that movie, I saw it in theaters, but I saw it in The theater in Rogers Park, which is just like, I don't know if it's been redone since, but it was a really shitty movie theater. Uh, Like just like crappy screens, small screens and like bad sound. But it was also like kind of the perfect theater to see that type of movie in. Like it didn't need to be a better setup than that. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, good pick. Uh, My number four is 2009 also, The Hangover. This one definitely moved all around my list. I had a really tough time settling on where it should be, but there's very few movies in that decade that made me laugh harder at more scenes. That's a, that's a movie that I liked at the time and I forgot about it. And you know what? I heard about a thing recently. I don't know how popular this is, but it's like a forgot buster. They were talking about avatar for that. Cause it was such a big movie at the time. but a lot of people just, it's like lost like consciousness in the public. I think The Hangover might be one of those. I think so too and I also think it did not help I have seen the second Hangover movie which was much worse than the first one and then they made a third one too which I never saw but I heard was terrible Yeah, and not even really like a comedy right? Um, so that might be hurting it as well in fact a lot of these movies on my list not only got sequels that were worse but got sequels like way too late yeah Um, they lost the momentum yeah so I, I understand they're trying to cash in and whatever for that but uh i think that did hurt the original hangover because as a movie i think it stands really well on its own yeah it was definitely funny i remember laughing pretty hard at that and it was like pretty i mean it was definitely a mainstream comedy no doubt but like a reasonably unique premise yes definitely yeah uh okay what's your number four My number four is a movie that I watch over and over again. I love it. It's School of Rock. That's truthfully my number six. Is it? It was like almost on there. It it had definitely been on my list at several points. That movie is great. I love that movie. There's so... I always... The things I like are... I love the musical style that he's trying to teach those kids. So to me, it's just like one of those, it has the cadence of like a sports movie, like a, where it builds up and you see like all the machinations of what happens at the end. And it's just such a, it's just such like a, it makes me feel good. It's not like a bummer. It's just like a positive, funny movie. Yeah. It, Jack Black. I think it's the best he's ever been by like a mile. Yeah. Um, and that's not even a diss at Jack Black. It sounds like a diss, but like he's fantastic in that movie. It's also the best Joan Cusack has ever been. Oh, yeah. She's great. That's like she her has, role. Exactly. That is her perfect role. Um, I think it's has Sarah Silverman playing a real B. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like not for very much of the movie, but like the kids are all great, too. Like, it's a really good movie. Yeah. And I love the musical aspect because it's so pleasing to see like how they kind of bring people out of their shells with music and everything. I just love I love everything about it. Yeah, I think, you know what? I. I feel like that movie should be on my list. What I struggled with it was it is definitely one of the best five comedies. I don't know if it's one of the funniest five comedies. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, you're right about that. But I, I think that, that was my struggle in putting together this list because that movie is, is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, all right, great pick. My number three is Wet Hot American Summer from 2001. What I really like about this movie, I think is like it resonates particularly well because I worked at a summer camp for two years and it is just spot on of what that experience is like. I mean, obviously done in a comedy form, but uh, I just love the cast of that movie and it's it's just really, really funny. This is one where it was like, I have seen it and I laughed the whole time. I love it. But I just had so many movies on my list that I, there was a few that I just, I was like, I can't add any more movies. That was one of them. Yeah. It's like when we get to my honorable mentions, I kind of have to name all of them, but it's, it's a ridiculous list. Same, same here. I'm just gonna have to rattle them off. Otherwise we're gonna have like a six hour podcast. Yeah. Uh, What's your number three? My number three is a, um, A very lovely little movie Called Little Miss Sunshine Oh that's a good one It's a little bit more It hinges on like the black comedy I would say Or dark comedy kind of premise Where it's not quite a like Laugh a minute there's some dark themes to it Um, But It's just undeniably to me Like it's just really Really like uniquely funny And it still holds up to me I've watched it in the last couple years I love it yeah, I haven't se- I think I see- saw that movie like close to when it came out. Um, and I haven't seen it since. But uh it is really good. And I feel like Steve Carell hit a sw- sweet spot of it might be cuz he has like sort of a sad face, but yeah. he actually does those kind of like dark comedy or sad comedy roles pretty well. He's very good at that. Yeah. Uh that's definitely a sweet spot for him. Um, all right. My number, what are we on Two. my number two movie? I to me just like fits like a perfect glove of comedies. And I could watch it a hundred times, but barbershop. Oh, I've never seen barbershop. It is great. Well, it's set in Chicago too. Um, it, it has a plot, but like barely, I mean, it's, it's, it's ice cube selling his barbershop and then he decides like not to, uh, and also has a side plot of Anthony Anderson, like stealing an ATM machine, but the whole cast is great. It's just like a lot of chatting. Uh, I mean, it, it highlights a barbershop culture that I've never actually grown up with or anything like that, but it is the, I think it's just like a perfect comfortable comedy. I just added it to my list for Lisa and I to watch. Cause that's one that I've been meaning to see and just never have. Actually, what I struggle with, too, is Barbershop 2 is also very good. Mm, and they both I came out seen... in the same decade? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, like, Queen Latifah also had a spinoff, I think. Yeah, I Beauty Shop, one. right? Yeah, Beauty Shop. I've heard it's good, but I haven't seen that one. Yeah. And actually, they did another Barbershop not that long ago. So I, I think there's three Barbershops. But I haven't seen the third one. But the first two are both really good. All right. Uh, what's your number two? My number two was in my number one spot for a while, but it just couldn't hold off what eventually ended up as my number one. But number two, seriously, one of my favorite movies ever, quotable, rewatchable Step Brothers. That was, I said School of Rock was my number six. Step Brothers is also my number six. You have a tie for six. Yeah. <laughs> I love Step Brothers. So good. John John C. Riley is on top of his game in that movie to an extent that like I just I love him and just about everything, but that movie just cracks me up. Like so many ridiculous premises and like they're sleepwalking and they put his mom's purse in the stove or in the (laughs) oven and she's like it's my purse in the oven like I'll be sleepwalking again just like a ridiculously hilarious movie I there's so many just little parts of that movie that I really love um my (laughs) company I've never even heard of Catalina until that movie but uh Catalina Island actually also has a transit system that it's like two buses um but my company works with them Mm. So I always think that's that's hilarious, and it makes me think of that movie. Do they have um, wine mixers for you? You know, we haven't gotten to travel there. Oh. Our travel budget isn't so high that we get to like travel for a really small customer, but I wish. Um, but like, I love the scene where it's just going on interviews, and they're in like tuxedos, like <laughs> sitting behind one. Another. Yeah, that is like. Seth like, Rogen as a cameo is like the one man. He's like, you know, the tuxedos. I just thought it was funny at first, but now it's like it's weird. <laughs> I like that I get bullied by actual children. It's so funny. That is such a good movie. Yeah, it's great, and it, I think it works so well because you could tell that they just—they're friends, and like this was like, oh yeah, we could just play this, these two roles like without even thinking about it. It's just like so natural for them. It's yeah. Great. Um, all right, my number one is another Will v- uh, Ferrell vehicle, and I just think this was I, like this was such a struggle because this was not a runaway number one for me. But when I thought about it, spent enough time with it, I think it had to be number my number one. It's Anchorman from two thousand four, and it I think the reason it's my number one I mean it's very quotable, it's hilarious, great cast, um, I, you know, with uh, with Paul Rudd, Christina Applegate. Of course, Will Ferrell. Um, and uh, I just forgot his name for a second. The guy from... David Family. Kechner. Yes, David Kechner, Thank you. He is underrated one of the funniest people. Champ kind. So funny in that movie. Yeah. Um, but I I really like Inkerman. It's also just the basis for probably half a dozen of Will Ferrell's other movies that have been less successful. Yeah uh like he essentially is the same character in um what's that basketball movie semi-pro semi-pro yeah and like a couple others as well but like anchorman is great uh and it like i i feel like it's just about a perfect comedy uh to where like some of the teleprompter scenes are hilarious the, the full battle with all the other different network stars is hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just great. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I really like In Command. What's your number one? I'm like trying to figure it out, and I don't think I could even guess. Number one is... A movie that I th- I assumed came out in 1999, and once I saw that it came out in 2000, it immediately was my number one without any further thought. It's Best in Show. Wow, Best in Show is great. That's it's also my, my number six. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like if you had, if we make a like top five comedies ever, I don't know, we probably did it at some point already. But I the ones that come to mind for me immediately as like long lasting favorites. Best in show. I've seen it a hundred times. It still makes me laugh. Like everything in it is great. And then the jerk with Steve Martin. Like those are the two probably that come to mind for me as like just the funniest, like ridiculous movies. I love the and, jerk so much. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like, I told Lisa, we were talking about this recently. One of our first dates, we watched the jerk and she said, I, I didn't think I would do this, but in hindsight, it makes sense. She's like, you told me that it was like a, a test like if, if you don't I was. she was like you don't have to love the jerk but if you don't like the jerk I don't know if this is gonna work <laughs> well, <kudos laughs> and to here we are that. here <laughs> we are really still did. together yeah all these yeah, years yeah. so it worked out because she did like it and um, yeah otherwise I don't know where I would be Best in Show is so good and we've been watching Maggie finally convinced me to watch Shits Creek which is a good show but like Uh, I mean, the tie-in with Best in Show is it's Eugene Levy Levy. I never actually knew how to say his last name. I think it's Levy. Levy and Catherine O'Hara as like a combo. Yeah. And they work well in Schitt's Creek and they work like perfectly in Best in Show. Oh, they're unbelievable together in that. My favorite though is the yuppies. uh, The yuppie couple that has like the the rich younger couple that wears L.L. Bean. Like they're just... She, there's a scene where she's trying to replace their dog's like bee toy and she goes to the pet store and she's like maniacal because they lost the bee and the guy at the, working at the pet store is just like what are you talking about and, she, and he gives her like an angel fish because it's the same color and she's like that's a fish is that what Parker Posey Parker Posey okay yeah thank you uh, I can't remember the guy's name but he's funny too I just can't remember his name that is a great movie and Fred Willard Rest in peace is fantastic on that. Topic. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah? Him and the other announcer guy was British, but I also don't know his name. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes me really want to watch that movie again. Uh, damn it. This list was really hard to put together. Uh, what were some of your honorable mentions? Oh yeah. I got to run through this. Well, two anchor man and semi pro were both on my list. Um, mm-hmm. honorable mentions, but then here's the rest. I love you, man. Super bad. 40 year old virgin. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Adaptation, um, Ooh, Idiocracy. That's, good, that's good. Adaptation one. is a really great movie. It's almost like not even a comedy, but I think it technically is. So I just put it in there. Yeah. Um, Idiocracy, Zoolander, Dodgeball, and Role Models. Great list. There were just a lot of really good comedies, and a lot of those comedy stars were like right at their height. Yeah. Good um yeah my list is actually pretty similar uh but harold and kumar go to white castle Step uh undercover brother that is an underrated hilarious movie i haven't seen that i gotta watch it uh the 40 year old virgin super bad tropic thunder school of rock hot fuzz i get i have to watch the movie Shawn of the dead i've never actually seen it but i know i would like it because i like hot fuzz a lot and i've heard sean of the dead's better um Borat, Best in Show, Old School, Zoolander, Super Troopers, Mean Girls, Knocked Up, Euro Trip, secretly really liked that movie too. Not another teen movie, which is stupid as hell, but I love that movie. Oh, actually, I love that. And how did I forget about Super Troopers? I'm very upset with myself. That that like throws off my whole list, I think. Well, you know, I like Super Troopers a lot, but... I'm I don't know that it's quite up there for me i actually didn't struggle quite as much leaving that off my list but it has like really funny farts i'll put i'm going to add though that and not another team movie to my honorable mentions just so i feel better yeah that walk hard i'm speaking of john c Riley. that's a great movie stranger than fiction one movie i really like a lot is reno 911 miami that's funny that's hilarious if anything for just the the scene with the rock blowing himself up is so funny um, yeah. and pooty tang oh yeah pretty tang that's, a good, so that's a just there's just a lot of good comedies in there yeah that's uh, tough rest in peace louis ck though for directing that absolutely um if you have movies from the the aughts that we forgot about definitely let us know on our twitter that's at whiskey sessions or hit us up on our email whiskey sessions music at gmail.com there were so many comedies I, i'm sure we forgot about some there were a lot of good ones um but yeah let us know there and uh, we'll get to your emails now these are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll B Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? My favorite action movie of the 2000s was a three-way tie of all the Matrix movies. Amos, hey, do you have any thoughts on this? Sincerely, Not a Troll. Hmm. The Matrix. I've said it a hundred times if I've said it a thousand times. The fact that the second and third Matrix movies were so bad vindicates my opinion that the first one was also bad. And also I'm going to nitpick the first one I think came out in 1999, but still this person's clearly heard your opinions on the matrix and wants to, wants you to bury them one more time. Like if you go back and watch that movie now, outside of the, the bullets doing this weird effect in the air, tell me what's good about any of those movies people i hear people that i otherwise find interesting still talk about like red pill blue pill and i have no idea what they're talking about i'm like i watched that movie multiple times i don't know what that means it's like at the very beginning of the movie for like a second yeah who cares yeah that's like i don't even have anything against keanu reeves i mean he's a weird kind of wooden actor but i th- i think he's like fine in other things like, he's fine he pokes fun at himself i respect that yeah like john wick was pretty enjoyable yeah, uh, and I like speed but the Matrix movies are all terrible to me yeah we should do a, we should do a well this is a thing where I, I'd say we should but I also mean we shouldn't we mm-hmm. should do like a whiskey sessions watch along of the Matrix movies where we, get, we drink whiskey and watch them <laughs> and you tear them apart I would like that just like the <laughs> Matrix or like I'm sure there's other like I'm trying to think like canonical here's another movie I don't like that other people love Seven Oh, I'm going to have to argue with you on that. I love that movie. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? I feel like the acting in that movie is so weird and bad, despite the fact that there are good actors in that movie. Oh, I love it. I'm just going to, you know, people have difference of opinion. I think it's great. Yeah, well, uh, maybe that would be like a funny, like animus episode. <laughs> if we watch that together and you're like, come on, no, hold on. This seems good. And I'm just like trying to rip it apart the entire time. See, this scene, it's raining again, because David Fincher's obsessed with rain, and it rains (laughs) the entire movie. Where are they? In Seattle? I don't know. They're somewhere, but it's definitely definitely raining. Like, drive to the desert at the end. There's no desert near Seattle? No. Well, I mean, there's eastern Washington. I guess you can get to the desert in probably two or three hours. Oh, okay. Maybe that's reasonable. Um, Okay. Uh, Another email, this is a short one, says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, first-time writer, no time listener, so what's this thing about anyway? That's from Sam in Sarasota, Florida. Well, Sam, you I don't know what's here to this. Well, yeah, they're not listening. I mean, what, who, what well, I'm confused by Sam. So how did he know to write us an email? I think Sam's a liar. I think Sam is a many time listener. Otherwise, oh, he just, no, he wanted to hear his name or they wanted to hear their name on this. Because It's a it too could be school Samantha. for school thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah all right sam hi you heard it you did it congratulations now send us money exactly uh (laughs) to my paypal which i can't access yes we're keeping it in trust (laughs) yeah uh all right if you have an email to send us go ahead and send it to whiskey sessions music at gmail.com we will read it on a future episode but that does it for this episode episode 114 our sam perkins paul canerco episode uh pimp do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with good night sam Good night, Sam. Uh, until next time, this is A Same Peace out. In VP. Bye-bye.